Well, welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Jeff Baumgartner, a senior editor at Light Reading. And I'm Claude Aiken, Chief Strategy Officer at NextLink Internet. All right. Well, thanks for joining the podcast, Claude. Good to uh, have you with us. Um, you know, I think today we're going to be talking a bit about, you know, the use of six gigahertz, uh, the six gigahertz band, you know, for fixed wireless access services. But uh, before we kind of dig into that, I thought it would be good to kind of set the table a little bit on the company and also your recent move over to NextLink Internet Absolutely. Uh, from the wireless uh, Internet Service Providers Association. So uh, first, maybe help me and, and the people listening to kind of get up to speed on the, the current focus you know, over at NextLink, which you know I understand is you're in the business of both delivering services over wired and wireless networks, even though we're going to focus mostly today on the wireless side. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, NextLink Internet is uh, an internet service provider, a, a rural-based, rural-focused internet service provider that was uh, celebrating its celebrating its tenth uh, birthday this year. It was founded back mm-hmm. in uh, 2012 in in Hudson Oaks, Texas. Uh, it's a hybrid fiber uh, fixed wireless service provider that's that's really dedicated to. Uh, providing uh, excellent connectivity and customer service uh, in areas that really haven't had that historically. Uh, so that's that's a little bit uh, about the company. You, you may have heard a little bit more about it in the context of some of the, the funding programs through the FCC under the, the name uh, AMG Technologies Investment Group. They were a, a big partner with the FCC in the uh, CAF2 reverse auction and, and also in the uh, RDOF reverse auction. So it, it's really focused. The company itself is really focused on uh, leveraging great public-private partnerships to provide fantastic connectivity to uh, rural areas. Okay, great. And then how about uh, your role, right? Because it was, uh, yeah, yeah, you've been with NextLink for just a few weeks, right? And you Absolutely. were with the association for for a while, you know, obviously a pretty good fit on, on both sides, but uh, yeah, just uh, get us up to speed on your role too. In your sure, focus. sure. So I, I, I joke that uh, I, I get half a salary for both of my titles. Uh, I'm, I'm chief strategy <laughs> officer for the company, and I'm also chief legal officer. So uh, I, I get two for the company gets two for the price of one there. Uh, so my role is basically focusing on uh, general strategic market developments, uh, including mergers and acquisitions, public-private partnerships, uh, but then also kind of focusing a little bit more on some of the things that I, I did uh, while I was at WISPA, which includes you know, government and external affairs uh, and, and sort of the general legal in, and regulatory environment that the, the company operates in. Okay, great. Well, I think that's a great way to kind of set the table on what we're going to talk about today. And, uh, you know, so I wanted to maybe turn us to the more recent work, you know, the next link has done with respect to testing, I think up to like gigabit speeds on the six gigahertz band uh, with it using an experimental license. So um, uh, you know, to kind of open that up, and we did a little story on it uh, with, with some details, yeah. but maybe you can talk a little bit about that trial and, you know, why it's important. Sure. So a lot of rural fixed operators have historically utilized unlicensed spectrum for 
for providing that service. It, it's a great opportunity because there's very little interference when you're talking uh, rural areas and unlicensed spectrum. Uh, so you're able to get some good quality of service uh, out there. Now, NextLink's a little bit different in that it was a significant participant in the CBRS auction as well. So it, as a company, we're really taking an, an all, of, all of the above approach to uh, spectrum access. But when you have the FCC uh, make available 850 megahertz of mid-band uh, spectrum that's... Uh, you know, unlicensed, lightly licensed, hybrid license, whatever term you want to call it, mm -hmm. uh, subject to automated frequency coordination. That's something that we're absolutely interested in, in taking a look at. And uh, so it, it's a spectrum band that the FCC uh, finalized the, the high level rules on uh, last year saying we're going to make available uh, 850 megahertz of, of the 1200 megahertz uh, uh, available at standard power, subject to automated frequency coordination. There's still some T's that need to be crossed and, and I's that need to be dotted. Uh, the FCC still has to say, yes, uh, you automated frequency coordinators are authorized to coordinate around the incumbents in the band, which are typically licensed links uh, that are used for, for backhaul and, and other transport. Uh, so... That piece is still out, outstanding, and, and we hope to see uh, the spectrum fully come online uh, later this later this year, or maybe at, at absolute latest, early early next year. But what we did was, was took a look at and said, "Look, we want to be able to utilize this, put this in our toolkit uh, as soon as possible." So uh, NextLink obtained a, an experimental license from the FCC. Uh, got access, early access to some uh, uh, proprietary gear from Cambium Networks and, and Qualcomm, and, and basically uh, pressure tested it. Uh, and and what, we were, what we found with the, the spectrum is, is that over a uh, 160 megahertz channel at about a couple miles, we were, we were able to achieve stable speeds of uh, gigabit download and uh, 500 meg upload, which is, which yeah. is pretty fantastic. Yeah. Now, how extensive was this uh, trial? Right. I mean, we just kind of was it uh, pretty limited. I mean, were you out to you know uh, you know friendlies, fa you know families and friends, or you know uh, just, just kind of give me an idea of the size and scope of you know what you were working on there. Sure. Absolutely. So that's one of the uh, things that you can't do with uh, an experimental license is actually use it in your mm. commercial service context. So it, it was more about uh, mounting the access points on, on a tower and, and then utilizing multiple subscriber modules at various distances uh, to be able to, uh, to send, you know, extensive amounts of data over a significant period of time uh, to mimic what, you would expect in a residential or business use case context. Okay, great. And then, you know, you mentioned a little bit about the regulatory end, you know, kind of what's what's going on there. Uh, like you said, there's a few things to kind of be ironed out still, you know, to kind of, you know, move forward. It sounds like you have some timeframes you'd kind of anticipate, but, uh, you know, kind of given where things are and how the trial went. I mean, what are, uh, what are kind of the next steps, uh, you know, from NextLink's side? Are you going to do 
more trials or, you know, is it kind of a hurry up and, and wait <laughs> sort of situation while the FCC, you know, uh, kind of gets through the rest of it? Yeah, it's it's a little bit of, of hurry up and wait. I, I think we're pretty confident that the, the spectrum and, and the gear does uh, what it's supposed to do. Uh, and our, our CEO, Bill Baker, uh, basically said that uh, once this is fully commercial deployed, we're, we're looking forward to rolling out these kind of gigabit speed plans uh, across the entirety of the, our network that's served by fixed wireless today. So we're, we're pretty bullish about uh, what this spectrum means for uh, high-speed rural fixed wireless service. Right. And is it a point, uh, a point of context, right? When you're talking you know, one gig down by 500 meg up uh, over fixed wireless. Um, uh, just from a context standpoint, um, it's a pretty big jump, right? From where you are today, at least on the, the fixed wireless side. Um, and what, what's the uh, kind of range of speeds you're offering today with uh, the spectrum that uh, you have access to now? Sure. So we, we do offer uh, gig speeds today, uh, up to gig speeds over fixed wireless today. Okay. Uh, but what this spectrum would do would make it uh, a lot easier to uh, accomplish in, in a mass market context. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we're I mean, we're like I said earlier, we're, we're hybrid fiber fixed wireless. We have a lot of fiber out there. We've got a lot of fixed wireless uh, out there. But what this band would do is make those uh, gigabit speed uh, plans much easier to deploy just because there's more spectrum out there uh, and in channel sizes that are pretty significant uh, in order to be able to accomplish that on a mass market basis. Yeah, so really a, a question of scale is Absolutely. what you're answering here. Okay. And uh, you, you talk a little bit about AFC and kind of the the role it's playing here. So... You know, in terms of uh, you know the use of that, so is the idea similar with that to what we saw with, with CBRS, just to make sure that there is not interference if an incumbent is in there. How is there a big difference, you know, between the implementation for six gigahertz versus CBRS here? I think it's same idea, much simpler implementation. Okay. So with CBRS, you had a nomadic, potentially uh, military incumbent that you had to protect as well as, well as uh, mobile use cases that you were likely dealing with. So the, the database was, was pretty uh, complicated and hats off to the folks who were able to, uh, to develop that kind of advanced frequency coordination. This one, all that you're protecting is fixed point-to-point -point links of of known location that aren't going to change. So from a computational standpoint, the database is much simpler uh, to develop. And, and you see a lot of the uh, companies that were in the CBRS uh, SaaS context also expressing interest in participating in the six gigahertz automated frequency coordination. So okay. anticipate it being simpler and, and easier to do. Okay. Well, I guess that's much better than saying, oh, it's going to be overly complicated, <laughs> you know, versus what, what everybody just went through. So I guess that that's a good sign. Um, great. And then, um, you know, we talked about, you talked a little bit about the, uh, the ability to kind of scale up gigabit capabilities, you know, using uh, the spectrum, right? And uh, 
Yeah, what do you see as then kind of the the, the biggest implication here uh, to do this? I mean, is it uh, is it best fit with initiatives like RDOF or even you know the broadband piece of the infrastructure bill? You know, I guess implication wise, you know, what what's the the biggest one in your view? Yeah, I I think there are great implications for both. Uh, higher speed deployments in areas that that don't have anything today uh, as as well as potential competition in areas that that do have have something today so uh, i mean interestingly enough i mean i think folks typically think of nextlink as a, a historical fixed wireless service provider but our our rdof application was was a was large majority uh, fiber. Uh, but what we see for six gigahertz here is the ability to uh, to go throughout our network and provide a, a forklift upgrade to a lot of gear that we have out there that may be several years old and, and really see a significant improvement in, in quality of service for, for areas where it may not make sense to uh, deploy fiber, uh, even with all of the subsidies that are out there now and going to be out there in the future. Okay. All right. And then um, with the use of uh, the six gigahertz band, right? Um, we've been talking a little bit, you know, like reading about the use of it for in wife in the context of Wi-Fi, you know, with Wi-Fi 6E and, and in the home. So, I mean, is, is the big difference here, you know, kind of in in home versus out of home? <laughs> is that, you know, in the use of AF, AFC to kind of uh, make sure there's some rules of the road there? Absolutely. So when, when you're talking in-home, typically you're talking a little bit lower on the transmit power side. So what the FCC determined was if you're operating at a little bit lower transmit power, you're really unlikely to cause interference to incumbents. So you can deploy these uh, Wi-Fi routers in your home uh, with, with rel- relative impunity. When you're looking at doing some of these longer distance applications like using the spectrum for last mile fixed access, that's when the automated frequency coordination piece comes into play because you're asking to use a a slightly higher power uh, in a a context that that could have absent the AFC potentially caused interference. Okay, great. All right. Last thing, um, you know, with the six gigahertz activity aside, you know, there's a lot going on there, a lot of potential. Um, but from a broader perspective, um, you know, uh, kind of viewing it as, you know, what you had seen coming out of WISPA and, and now over NextLink, um, uh, what do you kind of view as the biggest opportunities or even challenges ahead for fixed wireless in, in the fixed wireless access arena at the moment. I mean, there, there's a lot of activity going on, whether it's, you know, what you're doing, you know, some uh, major mobile guys are obviously getting pretty heavily involved, but, uh, you know, there, there's a lot to kind of unpack in there still, but uh, yeah, if you had to boil it down, what would you say? So, so I think we'll continue to see a lot of growth in fixed wireless with, I mean, it's interesting. NextLink's been doing this uh, for a decade, uh, and it's kind of gratifying to see now uh, all of the the big mobile 
players come in and say, ah, fixed wireless is a great thing. We're like, yes, it, it really is. Yeah. Thanks uh, for noticing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Thanks for noticing something <laughs> we've been doing for the past 10 years. Yeah. Uh, but I think one of the things that really has been awesome is to see the significant increase in the technological capabilities uh, over the course of the past five or so years. I think that is really what has vaulted this technology into a legitimate competitor with some of the fixed line services that you see out there today. And in a context where in in certain instances, at least you see folks taking market share from incumbents, uh, you know, MSO or fiber operators, uh, just because it's, it's another option out there. So I, I think there's absolutely going to be a place uh, in all of these funding programs and in, in future private capital deployment, there's going to be a place for fiber, there's going to be a place for, for fixed wireless, uh, but it's really going to be an exciting time in, in the industry over the course of the next few years. Okay, great. Well, I think we're going to leave it there, Claude. It was a pleasure to connect with you here on the podcast and uh, thanks again for your insights and I'll look forward to Uh, staying in touch and keeping tabs on your progress. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jeff.